whatever happens with the remedy and the consequences and all of that, that admission, I think, is a game changer for for at least one of the reported three ongoing investigations inside the Department of Justice. This tacit admission, I think, makes it super, super easy now for DOJ to come in and say, full self-driving is a fraud. Hello. Who's going to speak first? <laughs> Welcome Who's to the Atonicast. I'm Hello. Alex Roy. <laughs> Just add, add me, Kirsten. I, I think this is indicative of how the year went for AVs. A little chaotic, a, a, a little disorganized. What exactly are we doing here again? What's <laughs> Hey, let's start off by everyone knows who we are. So we like, want to skip that? Sure. It's a, you're you're, you're rocking with yeah. the Atana cast. Right, let's lead with the most important uh, people or entities of the year. And those would be the sponsors of the 2024 Atonicast CS party. And I'm going to go down the list because, well, I want to say we owe them. Everyone should thank them because the best part of the year at CES is thanks to our sponsors. Here they are. Luminar, thank you for coming back every year. Woven, uh, obviously Woven. Come on, Toyotas, guys. We love them. Mobileye, the Michigan Center for Future Mobility. Polymath Robotics. Ecomotion. Cognic. Uh, Quantum Fund and Labs out of Israel. Steer, our good friend Anuja, thank you for coming back to support us. Trucks.vc, the godfather of the Atonicast, Riley Brennan, and the Traffic Marketing Manufacturers Alliance. Um, bless your hearts for supporting the Atonicast. We look forward to seeing all of you at this year's party. And thank you, Alex, for all of the work that Alex is the is the man when it comes to the uh, the Atonicast party. He has been uh buried in countless thankless tasks for we literally weeks now. So uh thank you, Alex, so much um for for making what's gonna be the best Atonicast party ever uh a, a reality. But before we do that, the other important tradition of this time of year is predictions. Hot takes. <laughs> you can't have an Atonicast party unless you pay the prediction tax first. <laughs> I've got the first one. You ready? I predict a lot of people are going to want to come to this party and won't know <laughs> how to get in touch with us and are going to just show up. So let me just say this. There will be no plus ones that we don't know about in advance. But if you think you should be invited or you want to bring in someone extra, you should contact party at atonicast.com and we'll let you know. Yeah. So I definitely, that's a, I think that's a no brainer prediction right there that th this is for the first time, we're not in a hotel room. And so you can't just sneak in. So you kind of actually have to be on the list this year. There will be some people who are disappointed. It doesn't mean we don't love you. We're doing our best to uh, manage and contain this beast. That's kind of always been like mostly out of our control, which is the Atonicast party. So we're doing our best. We'll continue to try and uh, evolve to make sure that that there's CES related fun for everybody. Uh, okay, back to script. Wait, wait, wait. I have yeah. I have another prediction related oh to the party. God. If Aurora co-founder and CEO Chris Ermson shows up again this year, my prediction is that he will successfully make it inside. Yeah, and he I, I, and others who are there definitely know what we're talking about. But Chris, I, doors are and your if, name is on the list, and you already received an invite. 
And if you don't get in this year, please understand. Last year, Chris freaking Ermson couldn't get into the party. So like he that's was a good, invited. That's a good party. <laughs> he, he was he was to, he was invited, by the way, and he received an invitation. It just was it got a little bit chaotic with the number of other uninvited guests trying to get in. Anyway. In the spirit of security and Chatham House rules and discretion, I'm not going to name names. However, within minutes of the invite, the first round of invites going out, the CEO of one of the top, top biggest AV companies in the world personally RSVP. Oh, yes, and, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't yeah. Kyle Vogt because he's no longer in <laughs> All right, jokes okay. over. No okay. predictions. Kyle's also Ed. invited, though. Kirsten, uh, Kirsten's Kirsten. been, as usual, has the most serious. I am getting the sense from our our brief pre episode discussion that Kirsten, as usual, has put the most serious thought into her predictions this year. Kirsten, give us one of your twenty twenty four predictions. Okay. Well, everyone is going to expect me to talk about cruise, and we we'll get to that. Um, but I actually have a different prediction for about a different AV company and that's Waymo. And it has nothing to do with operations. So I can already tell that the, the backs of the necks of every comms person is, is raised. Um, My prediction is that Waymo is going to announce some sort of an external fundraising round um, in 2024 or if they're unsuccessful, they will have been working on it. But I think that they'll be successful in it. My prediction is also that I think it's mostly going to be like Alphabet as as previous. So that's not like a big shocker. But the company is starting to make progress. They If they don't fuck it up, they will maintain their lead. And I think that they, they're just going to need money. We have some insight into what other companies have spent, Cruise being the one. Um, and if Waymo is spending that kind of money, they're going to need more. So that's my money prediction for 2024 regarding Waymo. I have two mini predictions about Waymo. Okay. One is that, and uh, one is that, you know, like, again, I was just writing them again last week and it's just Develop so, your thought, it's man. so impressive. No, no, no. The progress that, that those of us who ride Waymo somewhat regularly will see over the next year will be less in driving where I have to say like there's there's less and less room to make noticeable improvements. It's going to be in the pickups and drop-offs. And I think that as the this year, as 2024 goes on, I think there will be a growing awareness amongst those who follow the AV space that the challenge increasingly for robotaxi in particular, but also I think anybody wants to do delivery or whatever, that pickup and drop-off problem is a lot harder than people realize. So um, I, and as the leader, I expect Waymo to, um, to, to show progress on that, but I'd be curious to see how others are thinking and talking about it and whether it becomes a bit of a, a topic. Well, I think that they might show progress, but as they scale, they will also have problems because that is the, so the question is, is it a solvable problem that doesn't completely blow up in their face or is because because you're right that pickup and drop off like i had a couple of really great rides in waymo in san francisco um and i was i you know i took some other people within TechCrunch, but one of the drop offs was not safe like it was in the middle of a turn it was a little awkward um so that's going to be really critical and navigating that correctly and avoiding some of the issues that have, you know, happened with 
some, you know, with crews, for instance, will be really essential in 2024. The other question about that is, is this problem just much easier in a place like Austin, Texas than it is in a place like San Francisco? I don't know. Austin, Texas isn't exactly like easy either, especially in certain parts. And depending on the time of year, I mean, you know, there are other, there's bicyclists and pedestrians and stuff too in the city center for sure. Okay. So my other mini Waymo prediction is that we're going to see a little bit more from Waymo in 2024 that they they will be become ready uh, to show a little bit more about their um, their operations in terms of um, how they're charging and maintaining and, and sort of running this as a business and, and as a service. Um, I will just say when I was in San Francisco, I happened to walk past a parking lot full of Waymos. Um, and it did not strike me as a, uh, let's see, an efficiently operating sort of charging and maintenance hub. It, it very clearly, like, again, what Waymo, the, the service that they offer in San Francisco is a miracle of technology and is absolutely amazing. And there's nothing quite like riding one. But when you get a rare glimpse behind the curtain, it's clear they're still figuring out some things on the operational side. And um, as we talked about the pickup and drop-off thing, but I, I want to see sort of like what the, the Waymo depots of the future are shaping up to be around, you know, yeah, like charging and maintenance. And because I think that's the piece as much as the driving piece, that's going to be because it's been impressive how much how quickly Waymo has been able to scale for, in terms of the driving from Phoenix to somewhere very different like San Francisco, now to LA to Austin. That's interesting to me. I think the the thing that 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 I want to see, and I'm hoping this is more of a hope than a prediction. I want to see more from them about sort of how they're evolving their sort of back end behind the scenes thing to turn this technological miracle into a, a financially viable service. I will add to that. I hope to hear more from them and every other AV company about teleops and remote guidance and not using jargon language and being super clear and stop thinking of this as some sort of stigma or um, because the more we talk or refer about automated driving and autonomous vehicle technology as some sort of magical thing, it is completely setting up any company does this for failure. So my hope is that Waymo and others really shine a light on that and are like, look at it or cast it as a benefit as opposed to like this. I mean, there are realities to it, of course. It's more people, which drives up costs, but it, it's also to ignore it, I think is a huge mistake. So that's my hope for 2024. I don't know if they're going to do it though. Is that a prediction? It's a fine line. <laughs> I, I put it as like a mini hope. I, I put it as a mini hope. You know what? I, I have to say my prediction is probably that that every company is – most, I shouldn't say every. Most companies um, – I believe Aurora's talked about it pretty openly, but um, will continue to not talk about it, but may be forced to talk about it as um, the AV industry evolves and more people pay attention to it. I mean, this is the AV sector, Alex. The line, you know, the line between a hope and a prediction is, is mighty fine in this space. So uh, my first prediction is that when the pedestrian who was struck twice, the second time by the cruise vehicle and was dragged, when that person recovers or passes away, when they the next thing happens in the, given their condition, uh, that will trigger action on the part of uh, – 
the city of San Francisco. It might even be, I don't know, if it's criminal charges, it's, something's going to happen. Um, it's, and it's going to precipitate the next phase of Cruz's future. And uh, it's going to be very messy with the departure, the departure of uh, Kyle and Dan. The fact that they're no longer at Cruz <laughs> is going to complicate how that legal scenario plays out. Um, we know from the Uber incident that there was a settlement and then the safety driver was charged. There is no safety driver in this scenario. So we're going to learn a lot more about Cruz <laughs> the longer um, that plays out. Because I could see the city of San Francisco, and I have no proprietary information here, but I could see them wanting to make an example of Cruz um, beyond what's already occurred. So that's my prediction. Okay. That's, I mean, I, I think that's a good one. Do you, do you think they'll be broader? Like, do you, do you see the city of San Francisco throwing the baby out with the bathwater here and saying, hey, we don't want Waymo on the streets too? Or is that a prediction too far for you? I think it's a prediction too far. Uh, I, I, I know that there are people at SFMTA and in San Francisco who are sufficiently um, educated and intellectually dynamic to, to see that not all AV actors are the same. And Waymo is not the only other player in town. And they know the, the eyes of the world and regulators are on them. Tip of the spear here. And I think, I, let's just say I'm op optimistic that they will um, – not throw the baby out with the bath. Any predictions about Zooks? We haven't heard about from them in a while, except well, for the occasional tweet. The two, the two Zooks emotional. So I, I saw a bunch of Zooks running around San Francisco, and it made me realize like Zooks emotional. They're both planning on deploying in Las Vegas. Yep. This year, well, emotional is right? technically already on the road, but not driverless yet. Okay, they're, but they're giving rides. Yeah. Haven't haven't been to Vegas in a year, so. <laughs> Uh, so imagine whether Cruz lives or dies. Um, I'm optimistic that uh, Zook's emotional Waymo will survive and play a long game, even if they have to, you know, reduce burn. Even if Waymo raises money, I predict like, long day all three will survive. Um, Zook's for a completely separate reason, which is there is something. There are really smart people at Amazon. There is something bigger than um, just AV percolating inside Zoo, uh, sorry, inside Amazon uh, related to the evolution of Prime membership, their desire to enter to healthcare, whether even though it's stalled, they had shut some projects down. There's something else. And mo urban mobility combined with maybe a Prime membership and some healthcare um, aspect remains in the hearts of some people at Amazon and Zooks would need to be part of that. Oh, it doesn't what about what about what about delivery? Do you see? I mean, that's something I've been thinking about with Zooks for a long time, which is, you know, under Amazon, does Zooks turn into more of a delivery autonomous delivery vehicle, or, or and instead of a you know person shuttle? So when I was at when I was at Argo, we looked at we were looking at the competitive landscape in terms of vehicle form factors. It seemed very obvious that Zooks should be doing deliveries and that it was that they had strategically made a decision not to for the time being that decision is lasted now three years beyond our initial assessment uh but logically they would do delivery out of that same vehicle obviously i don't i don't have a great zooks prediction but i do have a little data point that might help others 
think about how Zeus might be evolving, which is that I don't know, if you go back into our archives, I did a, I took, I took a ride uh, with, in Zooks. The first time I rode in San Francisco in the AV was with Zooks, and and it was like right in sort of the um, the dense sort of like financial district where their their office they had an office sort of like down by the financial district, and then it was up sort of through. I'm terrible with San Francisco. I want to say Russian Hill. Uh, uh, Lombard Street, and it was this really intense thing. And if you listen to me after, the, like, I literally just got off the ride and was talking to to Jesse, their CTO, and I was just like buzzing from it. And and for years, when you would go to San Francisco, that sort of area around that 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 office that they had there, uh, sort of in the again, sort of the the financial district Embarcadero sort of area, that was where you would always see Zooks is running around. And it's a very dense, tight, like classic dense central business district, urban kind of thing. Now you don't really see Zooks there. And again, this is pretty anecdotal, but like you don't see them around there so much where you are seeing them is a little bit further out, closer to freeway on ramps and off ramps. I, I won't say I saw Zooks go onto a highway or freeway, but like it, it's a little bit further out in areas with higher speed limits, bigger roads. And I think that's, uh, and these know, are the Highlanders, not the custom. These are the Highlanders. I did. Yeah. yeah you're not seeing the custom, yeah. uh, rubber taxes. The custom on the road ones in are just in Foster city on a very specific route, uh, which to me is indicative maybe of what they're going to do certainly in the short term, which is have operate more like a shuttle than a on demand, like on demand type of service. If they do in fact expand in 2024. So, Alex, do you have any others? Um, I mean, I've got a couple. Uh, well, while you're thinking, I'll, I'll give you my cruise. I'll give you my cruise one. This is <laughs> going to be 100% guaranteed that a people will tell me I'm totally wrong, and I'll probably be wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. I predict that cruise is going to be swallowed up just like Bright Drop was by GM. And it's no longer going to be a wholly owned subsidiary and instead will be completely absorbed within GM. I think it will continue to exist as an entity, but then a decision will have to be made this year in whether the company continues on the robotaxi side of things or tries to siphon off talent and switch more over to ADAS. I think they're going to skip us they're going to stick with autonomous vehicles and stick with the robotaxi thing, but it obviously it's going to be smaller, we already know that, but I think that um they will absolutely be absorbed in and this is a risk of course because of one of the main retention and recruitment methods that they've used is being a wholly owned subsidiary with its own equity. But right now, I don't think those shares are worth very much. And um, I'm not so sure that that will be used as the incentive anymore. And maybe it'll just be straight up bonuses instead. So likely wrong on this one, but I'm going to make it anyway. So not the full Argo, right? Because Argo... It, it, it was not like there was no division of Ford now named Argo. It was absorbed by Ford to some extent. A little bit, but I mean, essentially, everyone first lost their jobs and then some people were rehired and then they created this whole new stand-up entity, right? Whereas That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm yeah. suggesting more of what happened with Bright Drop recently, which right. just happened, I don't know, a month ago. Yep. Um, it was this wholly owned subsidiary and it was this, you know, startup. And granted, it was created by GM, and so it was probably easier. This is a little bit different. But I do think that 
GM is clearly exerting more control. And I think that to exert more control and maybe to get the stock bump that they want, they will absorb it completely. I don't know how investors will respond to that, though. Who's 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 ready for a Tesla prediction? Well, uh, before we get to a <laughs> Tesla prediction, I'm going to make a Tesla prediction. Okay. Okay. Uh, that this um, this quote unquote recall, this most recent software update that I, it remains to be seen what if any effect it has, will have virtually no effect on. Uh, it may, in some single digit manner. Um, slow the rate of incidents that people are talking about in terms of autopilot, but it will have absolutely no meaningful effect because everything we've heard from Tesla about it, or which is not much, um, but even the general statements around it um, are they're just not going to make a difference. And I'm referring to the the NHTSA was complaining that uh, there needs to be an ODD for autopilot engagement. And nothing Tesla has said suggests that there is a hard ODD boundary going to be implemented. And as a result, they will the fundamental issue, which is engagement of autopilot uh, driver assistance on street on you know side streets, city streets, uh, urban centers, will continue. And that the implementation of like more warnings uh, and lockouts, which are only good for seven days, um, will be, have a mild, if any, effect um, on the rate of these incidents. That's my prediction. I think you're absolutely right, Alex. And if you, if you, if you look at it, right, like, like, you know, the, the, as usual, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll fix this all with a software update. So that, that, you know, if you think about the two problems, as far as an ODD, the ODD problem, like they are the car, the V, the system is determining whether or not you're in the ODD based on cues. It's not mapping, right? Like, like it's not, they, so so of course that's that's not going to be a hard let right like even if they even if they toughen that up like that's still an insufficient way in my view of 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 really in you know in a safety critical way confirming yes this vehicle can operate because it's in the right ODD we know from Cadillac Super Cruise the way to do that is you lidar map it and you and you know deterministic deterministically our GPS says we're on a road that we've mapped that we know is right and and I think just that whole approach. Of of counting on cues through you know visual you know uh, computer vision like it, it is going to be insufficient. The other piece of it is that on the, on the driver monitoring side there too right you can't put better hardware in you can't make the car see it you know see the passenger's eyes better at night and like th- there there's all kinds of things that that need to happen there that aren't going to happen and the only thing that they can do is put so many nags back into the system that it becomes totally valueless to the to the user. And so I think that's the alternative. I think that's the one way you might be wrong about this is that in theory, Tesla could, using software, dial up the nags so much that like literally it becomes impossible to not like like that that they just p- punish and nag even the tiniest little whatever and that there's just this constant bombardment of, of nags and that the net result of it is that people just stop using it anymore, in which case incidents might go down. But then the one of the biggest selling points for Tesla is, is dead, kind of like. Right. And it's all around auto steer, to be clear. So, um, you know, this latest recall, which uh, as um, our newest reporter over at TechRun, Sean O'Kane wrote, like that was the big differentiator or, you know, quote unquote, its best feature, you know, not being subjective about it, but like how they would cast it, the differentiator between other ADAS systems. So they're not going to 
decrease their value by putting all those snags in. So yeah, you're right. I think they could, but I don't predict that they will. And I will go a step further and say NHTSA is not going to force them to because they just did their job, by the way. They just completely wiped their hands of the situation by that. And now they're, they're not going to pursue it anymore. Well, I'm, and I, I well, will, I will say that. Okay. So there is, so there's an interesting question here because Ann Carlson, who was the interim, the like 15th interim <laughs> administrator of NHTSA. Yeah. She said, we're going to resolve this. This recall happened. And then she, and I guess she didn't, she didn't announce her retirement. Like it was already scheduled that she would be moving out of that position, but now we're going to have a new interim administrator again. So I think there is some question. I think that potentially, like if if the winds continue to kind of blow the way they've been blowing, there is a world in which the new interim and maybe, inshallah, permanent administrator of NHTSA uh, might be someone. But I could see potentially Biden bringing someone in with a mandate to that's actually see really this through and be tough. In an election year, they're not going to, I mean, I if Elon know. Musk continues to be as toxic as he is and as associated with the right wing as he is, I think absolutely. Yes. There could, they could be a very, again, forget the policy, right. From a political perspective, making like Joe Biden is going to, is going to rein in the out of control tech billionaires. Like I, we'll see. We'll see, but I think I think that there's some possibility that the new, but it, but again, it, to me, it will be entirely a question of who who steps in from Carlson and whether there's even an effort to make that person a permanent administrator, or if we're just doomed to have temporary NITS administrators forever. In which case, we essentially should just stop pretending that we have an auto safety regulatory system. I don't think anything is going to happen. <laughs> I think it's done. Okay, so that brings me to my prediction, which is very closely related to all of this. And mm-hmm. I, I, I did not. So in years past, when you know, uh, I in years past we would go back and listen to our our previous year's predictions episode, and and I didn't do that this year. But so, but I'm, I feel like I said that something was going to happen this year uh, regulatorily around autopilot. That did happen. It came down to the wires late in the year, but that did happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna claim victory on that one, even though I, I'm not sure that I made the prediction at all. What I will say is this, is that this recall, and I agree, like there's a lot of questions about what the remedy will be, whether NHTSA will accept it as 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 a remedy, what the aftermath of all that is. That's its own saga. But what this recall has done, and by the way, you can read my words in Rolling Stone for the first time. Uh, I just oh, came out this Sunday. <laughs> Tell no, us I, more. Well, whatever. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, not way, to, I'm not allowed to brag about being in Rolling Stone. You're, you're, you are trending on Apple News in the self-driving section. Like that, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of traction there. Holmes. Well, oh, thank you. I it, it's an honor to to uh, to have had the chance. But, um, Did you, but you know, I, I got a question. Did you see that the guy at Tesla, I think, who runs their 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 comms or runs their social, did a whole thread about you on Twitter? Oh no, I like, didn't. I don't. I don't log into Twitter anymore. So okay. So so all right. Full transparency. The editor in chief of Rolling Stones, my best friend from high school, no Shaq. Yeah, yeah. And so I know I talk to Noah all the time. Whenever he he gets trolled by everybody. So he um he uh so the the guy at Tesla who runs their social quote tweets Rolling Stones tweet about your story, and he says this guy is like follow the money. Um, not only is Niedermeyer totally compromised, like, you know, paid by big oil, but I don't know. He didn't say that, 
But he said, basically, Rolling Stone is owned by the Penske Group, and Penske's, uh, you know, uh, sells cars, dealerships. Therefore, everything here is just totally discredited. Yeah, I did find out about that through Sean O'Kane, newest member of, of Kirsten's <laughs> team over at TechCrunch. I saw that on Threads. I, I, again, I literally haven't been on Twitter. I can't imagine what people are, have been saying uh, about me. Even on Blue Sky and Threads, it's been a little bit of like, a, I said, it kind of feels like my friends throw me like a, a very detailed like 2018 nostalgia party because mm. like I'm getting all of this stuff that I used to have to deal with all the time. The point is, back on, on track to the predictions though, I think that, that that the thing that people are, are maybe it's a little hard to see with this is that this is an admission by by Tesla that that Nitzo is essentially forced that that they've admitted that you know the a the recall is happening because the system fundamentally isn't safe enough presents an unreasonable risk to the public and the solution to it is more human input and all along Tesla has been cli- claiming that it's safer than a human For like since 2016 they've been claiming this okay and so. Whatever happens with the remedy and the consequences and all of that, that admission, I think, is a game changer for for at least one of the reported three ongoing investigations inside the Department of Justice. And I think what's going to happen in 2024 is that one of those is going to move forward, it aided in large part by this, again, tacit and and, you know, as obscure, like t- clearly Tesla's trying to obscure what's actually happening here as much as possible, but – this tacit admission, I think, makes it super, super easy now for DOJ to come in and say full self-driving is a fraud and, and, and say, you know what, like this has gone long enough. You know, Elizabeth Holmes became a, a national villain for pulling something like this for, what is it, like two, three years, four years? I don't know, like a fraction of the time. Enough is enough. You, you know, we, we know our auto safety regulator says this system isn't safe without a human really directly engaged in, and, 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 you know, on top of it at all times. This is not going to become full self-driving. You have to pull the plug on this. You have to and, – and then, of course, all of this opens the door to all kinds of other civil litigation as well. But I, I'm, I think DOJ will take action in 2024 and I think it will be based in part by the sort of admission that's at the heart of this, this latest recall. Anybody disagree? <laughs> um, I think that uh, of any federal agency – were likely to make a, its mark on Tesla would be the DOJ. So, and to be clear, I don't know that one of one of those one of those three reported investigations is specifically for a fraud, pursuing fraud charges or what. It could be a lot of things. It could be securities. It could be well. I mean, SEC would be securities. So I don't know. But like the DOJ has three different things going on. Um, I feel like one of them is going to come out uh, next year. So, and I I, I predict that that's not going to happen, Ed. All right. Well, for for broader political reasons, which is the shift in the United States and in the West to the right and uh, Musk having other very big fish frying right now in partnership with the government. I, I just I just I don't see anything happening like what you described. What well, is an election year? Um, and, and, and certainly, like, depending on how the election goes. Um, what the, is the constituents? Ed, 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 your friend. Yeah. What what is this constituency that wants to see full self-driving declared a fraud? Like who not forget real world benefits from FSD not being sold. One of the most one of the most powerful forces inside the Biden administration, which by the way, will the unions is the short answer to this. And I'll tell you this. 
when Trump won in 2016, the one of the key deciding factors was union members in battleground Midwest states who went, who flipped and voted Trump. They were right. so you think- and and no no hold on let me finish the thought because I think that that the UAW deal that got signed this year is such a game changer. None of those people are going to think for a second about voting Trump. I think Biden gets elected largely on the strength of that UAW deal. Um, and as a result, in the Biden administration, two unions are even more. They've been very powerful in the first one. They're going to be even more powerful in the second one. They've already said they're explicitly going to try and organize not just Tesla, but every other non-union shop in the country. That That's who it is. I don't think their number one priority is full self-driving, but I think if they, they we know that they think that self-driving – Technology broadly is going to kill jobs. We know that Elon Musk is anti-union guy number one. Uh, so I think there's just a lot of things aligned around around something actually finally happening. Uh, I could be wrong, but I do see the political forces converging around around something. So, Kirsten, I think Ed said it all. I'm good. I got one more prediction, but it's uh, not really a prediction. Wait, well, kind of is, but mm. is that okay. the uh, we are. At bottom or near rock bottom of the trough of disillusionment around AV, and that the Luddites, critics, and um, innovation haters will begin to be proven wrong by the end of 2024, as the AV survivors um, emerge from the noise of Cruz's issues. What's going to prove? I them cannot wrong? wait to hear all the commentary after people listen to this. I was going to say specifically what, going gonna, after you. What's going to prove I'm them gonna, wrong? Come after me. Come after me. I mean, because like I ride Waymos all the time. They're great, and they are only going to get better. And Waymo is not the only good actor out there. You have quiet players. Motion is one of them who are working on the same problem. Good actors there too, and this is going to happen. A lot of a lot of aircraft manufacturers had to go out of business. Airlines had to go away. We fly. We still fly more than ever. So I, I want to have a prediction about AV trucking. I feel like in was it, was it like in 2021 we were talked a lot about AV trucking. That's also uh, going to happen. It's a little bit happen. less in 22. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. In 2022 we talked a lot about AV trucking. Over the course of this year, we sort of talked a little bit less about it. I want to say well, in that part because there's very few that are left. I mean, too simple as one example, just recently, you know, did what we all were expecting. I mean, this has been kind of building up to this point, but like as, is exiting the U.S. Um, and Embark doesn't exist anymore. There were others that um, failed in 2020 and 2021. And really there's, you know, Kodiak, Torque, um, Aurora. Who else am I missing? Um, those are the three main ones. And then, of course, then there's middle mile companies Gattic. like Gaddick yep. and others, which I think is is promising. But but a, a lot of the other ones um, and, you know, Embark, I think of because of the whole SPAC issue, which is a whole other thing that's been happening, you know, has eliminated a lot of those companies, like just the loss of the, the economic uncertainty the high cost of bringing frontier tech to market, um, the lack of a business plan, like all of those have kind of mounted against that sector. And that there's a reason why we haven't been talking about it too much because there hasn't been much to talk about. There's a few survivors right now. Yeah. And I, I think my version of what of sort of Alex's prediction about, cause I do think that like 
at least in certain circles, I think I do think we were, I think the the deepest depths of the trough of disillusionment are, are are maybe slightly behind us at this point. And I think that we are starting to get some not not that again not that all these companies are going to survive or anything like that, but just in terms of public perception, I think there's going to be progress on on what is real. And I guess I guess my prediction is that that is more likely to happen in the world of trucks. I think we may see. I know we know Aurora has ambitions to begin sort of real you know real commercial service. In 2024, is that right? Yeah, at the end of 2024. End of 2024. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's going to be just to briefly interrupt. I'm sorry. No, no. But I will say that the first six months of this year, in terms of cash preservation, not fucking up, or having something blow up in their face, is going to be for any of these companies is going to be critical. Um, managing money and cost efficiencies while making progress is going to be super important. And also making sure that there is a real business model here because we saw that has, you know, happened with other companies too, is like working on the tech and not having a business model. Okay. So, oh, sorry, Alex. Do you have a... No, well, only that, you know, like um, conflict, uh, not conflict, uh, transparency. I am indirectly an investor in Gaddick via trucks.vc where I'm an LP. Um these guys have quietly been moving forward the whole time. I have faith in them. And of course, I have faith in my old friend and bo- former boss, Rosaleski, who raised a billion dollars to launch oh, yeah, a stock of company. Yeah, I forgot Stack TV. Yeah. And so uh, big players who know what they're doing believe this, and they're going to stay quiet. Most of these players will stay quiet through 2024. There's no neat reason to make noise. Same reason Zooks does not talking. Um, Anyway, it's all inevitable. The reporter in me will say this. Sometimes companies aren't talking because they're not doing anything. So, you know, like it's not all strategy. Sometimes they're just not making progress. And so there's nothing to talk about. I I have a prediction that Alex is going to have to interview his former boss on this show (laughs) in 2024. And it's going to be, it's going to be really fun and only a little bit awkward. (laughs) Well, the thing is, since I have no stake in the business and have no official relation with him, I can. It's not a problem. You're only emotionally invested. Well, I mean, I like, he's a lot of former Argo folks are there and they're great folks. I'm wishing them well. No, and, and I'm saying, I'm curious. I don't, I know so little about, about what, you know, I, I would love to hear Basically, I'm, I'm trying to invite Brian on the show so so we can hear a little bit about his. I, I I've always loved having founders on after their companies go under. I think it's always really interesting, and I'm also really curious about what he's what he's doing. His his thoughts on that and and what's going forward. So, maybe uh, actually, I if he doesn't agree to come, uh, I I can answer. I I predict what his answer would be. His answer would be, um, well, Ed, my answer to that question is the company I just founded. There you go. Okay. All right. I have one last question. If everyone's out of, if everyone's done with their predictions, I I have one prediction in the form of a of a question, sort of. Okay. And it's Tesla related, so maybe we should. I I have one more, but it's short. Go ahead. Okay. Go. Go. Both go. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to put okay the over under on the number of of Tesla Cyber Trucks produced in 2024. Okay. I'm going to put the over under. At 10,000 units. You guys want the over or you want the under on that? And I'm going to say that doesn't matter what the number is. They already won. <laughs> they already won because the cyber truck's cool. It doesn't matter. 
like the Ed 209. Who cares if it works or not? <laughs> okay. We have orders for 20 years, spare parts for 20 years. It's great. Nice. All right. Um, all right. What's your short one, Alex? Uh, okay. hey, Kirsten, Kirsten, more is will Tesla produce more or less, you know, more or fewer than than ten thousand Cybertrucks in twenty twenty four? I have. They have all twenty twenty four to get there over, over the calendar over, year. I'm going to say over ten thousand. I'm going to say over. I'm not 10, saying. 000. I'm not saying cumulative produced. I'm saying in the produced in the year twenty twenty four. You think yeah. you, you're taking the over? You think they'll do more than ten thousand? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take the over. Okay. It's reasonable. I it's, I feel like it's an aggressive. I picked an aggressive level. So because okay. hate, hater than I am, I <laughs> okay. Uh, I predict that one uh, at least one of the um, L three systems that a uh, an OEM has announced is available um, is not is a not going to sell well, and B sucks. Okay. Name names, no, Alex. You're the you're no, Mr. No, name names. No. <laughs> your, I thought you're Mr. Transparency. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing is, I have not driven any of them yet. But when oh, I read, oh, that is really bold because you just I, said that they suck, but you haven't actually. I said predicting, predicting they're going to suck. I'm predicting, and I said at least one, at least one, definitely one, maybe more than one. But um, how about this? A non-zero number of the L3 systems that are going on sale uh, are not going to sell well and they're going to suck. Um, because every, most of the noise you've heard about these things is uh, a little vague, a little vague, a little this, a little that. And, uh, you know, coming out of the, um, coming out of the, uh, like Cybertruck, uh, you know, announcement, reveal, whatever you want to call it, was, uh, you know, Jason Camisa did a wonderful video and there's also the, what the Top Gear guys and what was the third one? Uh, Marcus, Marcus Brown Lake. Okay, you know it was nice to see a um, Camisa. I guess is the best example of this. A traditional automotive reviewer actually make a video where they did some real research and shared some information, like beyond the traditional review. Like it was nice. I mean, I know Ed could tear that review apart. I'm sure he could. However, it was nice to see the general public educated as to some basics aspects of an EV um, more than just the press release type stuff we see. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank Jason. you for acknowledging that I could tear it no. apart. And, and as however, a, however, however and I'm not done. However, refrain from have, doing so. I have still seen zero evidence that the mass market automotive reviewers have the knowledge or understanding or ability to discuss driver assistance or self-driving in any way. And there was, and so I just don't, I just don't see, I just don't think the L3 systems have got enough scrutiny. Kirsten over here is probably the only person qualified in mass major media to drive any of these systems, assess them and give an opinion that I respect. Hmm. Um, actually, I didn't think you were going to go there. Um, thank you for volunteering me for that job. But my prediction is that as a, Another side hustle of Alex Royce because he doesn't have enough. He will launch a video channel in which he reviews starting with the L3 systems. That's my I mean, prediction. Yeah, I was banned by many OEMs, you know, seven years ago when I started doing this. And uh, they haven't, I don't think they've forgotten. So. Yeah, they might have. Okay. Well, have we, I think we've covered just about everything. Um, I will add one final one. 
which is I predict no progress by the federal government on autonomous vehicle legislation or regulation. Um, I predict that in the next seven days, I will, before the autonomous cast party, I will ride in a Waymo uh, twice with curbside airport pickup and drop off. And, um, I, and I predict it's going to be good. I predict that I will tweet a lot less in 2024 than any of the prior like <laughs> years right. since I joined. Okay, okay. We're now we're, we're just now we're just throwing up random stuff. Okay, <laughs> so thank you for. I, I guess I should say to the audience, thank you for dealing with us. Um, and, and <laughs> we appreciate it. Really. Your patience with yeah. us is. <laughs> yeah, but also I think that we do have some listeners who love to hate us and that's why they listen to us and we love you too it's okay we love all of our listeners as long as you're listening yeah so thank you again for listening to us have a great um new year and we'll see you in 2024